Hello, and good morning to you. I'm Bruce. And I'm Mike. And we're with Tech Connect. And Tech Connect is very important to you, and you may not realize that now, but after you're listening to a series of our podcasts about the kinds of technologies that are available to you every day, whether it be for entertainment, education, employment, or just information and research. All these things will come together in our conversations with you so that you appreciate how much more these devices can add to your life. And we're baby boomers, just like you. Basically, this is baby boomers talking to baby boomers about the new technology. So sit back, relax, and listen. Hello, I'm Bruce. Hi, and this is Mike, or Michael, your choice. <laughs> and we're here today for another episode of uh, Tech Connect. And today we thought we would talk about some of the technical challenges or technological challenges that are on the horizon and either here already or will be coming to us very soon. And by challenge we mean that you will have to learn how to adapt to some new ways of doing things. The same things that you do every day, there are going to be new ways to do them based on the technology. And the reality of this, these challenges is that you're going to have to participate in these changes or not. If you don't equip yourself with the kind of skills and understanding of these new technologies, you'll be the, the sufferer or poorer for it. So it's not negotiable. As you know from the times that we talked about driving a car and how we had to make adjustments to how cars evolved and we made the adjustments accordingly. And the things that we use in our home, every day we're confronted with new technological changes, whether it be the television, the computer, your cell phone, how you interact with your uh, service providers or vendors. is always change that's constant and with technology it happens at a break breakneck speed so get on for the ride it's going to be a bumpy one for the next three to five years let me tell you these technological <laughs> advances that we're seeing today it was unimaginable just a few months ago even a year ago it's different uh the advancements in microprocessor technologies and matter of fact that's why we're experiencing delivery problems with new cars and things like that because most devices now including home appliances, are chip-dependent. And without those chips that make these devices smarter and more powerful, things get held up. But at some point, though, that supply chain will open back up again, and it's going to be a flurry of new devices coming online. And some of them, you won't even have a choice as to whether you need to have them or not, as we'll discuss shortly. And what we're talking about here is, just like Mike said, we have had to adapt to different types of technology all of our lives. At one time, the telephone was a new device and people had to adapt to using it. You had party lines on the telephone. I remember party lines when I was a kid. Me too, I should listen then. Right. You'd hear other people talking <laughs> on the line when you picked it up. Uh, they had operators that you had to make long distance calls through. But I mean, we adapted and as the technology changed, we learned how to use it to our benefit. If it was beneficial to us, we used it. And 
That's all we're talking about now. The difference now may be that things are happening faster. It's a little quicker, the new devices that will come out. Because once they found ways to store data very cheaply, and once they put up towers that had 5G or 4G signals on them, now they can start putting out devices that use this base technology, this base structure that they have created. So now everything is connected through these devices and through the towers that you see with the, the uh, 5G signal towers, etc. All, all of this infrastructure is in place and now they're going to bring out devices so that you can take advantage of this in- infrastructure. Of course, they're going to charge you for it, but they are going to be bringing out devices that take advantage of this new infrastructure that they have paid a lot of money to install. So now they want to get recoup their investment by bringing out devices that depend and use this infrastructure. So just get ready. I mean, it's going to be a Quick, bumpy ride, like Mike said, but it'll be fun. Oh, yeah. And uh, you'll see a lot of improvement and a lot of services and capability of what you can do. But let's get started with, uh, let's talk about TVs first, Bruce. Okay. Uh, As you know, we just take TV for granted all the time. And the TV that we typically watch today is totally different than how we used to watch TV 10, 15, 20 years ago. Where streaming services have taken over and even compete or even compromise people who have either cable or satellite TV services. Um, everybody's got an app. And I mean, there's Apple TV+, Plus, Paramount, Discovery, even Showtime, HBO. Everybody's got an app. Hulu. Oh, man. Just give me that $10, $15 a month and you're good to go. And for a lot of you, that it can represent a substantial cost savings from regular cable TV or satellite TV. But let's go back from the people who pay for television services to go back to what we call over the air or OTA. And we get these broadcast signals and we've been getting them for like, what, since 1940s? Yeah. Yes. And uh, in the past two decades, it's gone through a major transition. And uh, when that last transition took place back in, I think, around 2008, nine, where they get the digital converter boxes, when the signal went from all analog to digital. Well, we've got some improvements in that digital signal of where we're now going to what's called the ATSC 2.0 to 3.0. Now, what does ATSC stand for? That stands for Advanced Television Standards Committee. Yep. And it's 3.0, and it's coming to a television located near you. Right now, over-the-air TV providers must broadcast in ATSC1, and they're upgrading to 3, but they still have to use the 1 so that your TV can take that signal. And that should be going on for another year. Mm Mm-hmm. But then it might happen that they'll stop broadcasting on ATSC1 and just do three, and your TV will have to accommodate that. Now, we're only talking about over-the-air 
television now. If you have cable service connected to your TV, like Comcast or Verizon, then you won't have to deal with that or unless you have over-the-air TV where you have an antenna, Mm -hmm. that's when we're talking about uh, your TV having to be upgraded either by a additional box that you attach to the TV or the new t- buy a new television that is equipped with the ATSC what would you the call signal. it signal mm-hmm. um, signal a, capability right mm-hmm. so that's one thing that's happening right now and like I said they have already made it so that the FCC has already dictated that over-the-air providers must provide both ATSC 1, 2, and 3, if they go to 3. Oh, Uh, they will. (laughs) Yeah, they will. And what that gives you is... Well, what you're going to get is a much more dynamic TV picture, where the colors and the contrast are much richer and deeper than you have now. Even the sound is going to be, the sound quality is going to be even better. Uh, as we all know that the speakers and televisions aren't really that great, but for those of you who have speakers attached to your television, either through a home theater system or either some computer speakers or whatever, you're going to get an advanced quality sound. Um, and of course, we were talking about moving from what we call 1080p to 4K, and that's going to give you a much more sharper image that you can watch. And also the type of programming. Here again, when we moved to a digital signal, when we used to have CBS, was a basic station. But then you had all the other stations that came off of CBS. You know, 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3, and so forth. And here again, with 3.0, you're going to get additional programming through our conventional stations of ABC, CBS, NBC, even WHYY, and I guess Fox as well as CW, they will all have their variations of the basic channels moving forward. They give you more programming capability and just much more dynamic. Uh, it'll be free to you, uh, except for some people who, like me, who don't have cable, I probably won't get a new TV anytime soon. So I have to stuck, I'll be stuck with having to get a, a, a tuner box, a set-top box that will accommodate the 3.0 signal. But... The good part about this new box that's going to come out soon is that it's going to be Wi-Fi enabled. And what that does for me is that I'll be able to take that signal through that set-type box and deliver it to other TVs in the household. So I can get by with one box because all the other TVs will be connected through Wi-Fi and I can propagate that signal from my new digital TV box to the other TVs as well and save them some money. And again, before you get nervous, we're talking about over-the-air broadcasts. Right now, over-the-air broadcast is not coming to you in 4K. However, if you have cable connections, you can get 4K TV programming. And the TV's got to be compatible with 4K. Right. But as you, uh, with the over-the-air channels, CBS, ABC, Fox, uh, WHYY, you will need 3.0 in order to get 4K over the air. So really we're just talking about antenna TV, over the air TV. We'll have to deal with this directly. 
And again, when you when we talk about going back in the old days, remember back in the old days, you only had what <laughs> three TV channels: ABC, CBS, and NBC. And at a what was it? What time was it? A twelve o'clock or eleven thirty? They all went off, <laughs> and you sat there and you looked at this uh, picture on the screen, and you heard the national anthem, and that was the end of your programming for the day. Well, again, now we have a multitude of different TV channels, either on the cable or through the different apps, so you have a lot of programming to choose from, and again, that is you adapting to new technology. Well, you know, the good part about it, for most of us, we won't have to sweat it, but um, at some point, all technological changes catches, catches up to everybody at some point. So right now, this is nothing that you need to be concerned about in the immediate term, the immediate need, but it is going to happen with or without you, and if you're stuck with your old TV, well, so be it. But here again, if you're a real TV avid, fan like I am, these changes are going to be very dynamic. It will definitely enhance your viewing appreciation. Uh, let's go on to the next thing, Bruce. What do you want to pick next? Uh, well, we Let's talk about the 4G, 5G situation. Okay. And we talked about that before. Uh, we On another episode, we talked about how 4G and 3G were leaving and we were going to be moving into 5G. However, this fact also makes it so your tablet and your smartphone are more useful. And they'll be a lot more powerful because the real benefit of going from 4G to 5G is what we use a term called latency. And what latency means is that from the time you try to engage in the feature or capability, sometimes it takes a minute for it to catch up to the system to engage it. Well, what that does, that 5G from 4G, it speeds that process up. So it almost gets to a point of whenever you engage in a feature, it's like changing a channel on a television where it's very responsive. Well, with 5G, everything that you do from this point forward will respond very quickly just like that. There is no more lag time. We call that latency. And that stuff is measured what we call milliseconds. And milliseconds by themselves are very short, when you start talking about multiple milliseconds, it could seem like eternity. When you start going down from 10 milliseconds, down to 5, down to 2, it makes a big difference. And that's what 5G will do for us. Things will just be quicker, faster, and cleaner, and almost 100% more reliable. And uh, the big challenge for 5G, though, is you just need a lot more towers to deliver the signal capability. Because of the bandwidth, it's kind of like, not like 4G. We can have these towers all over the place, but they can be miles apart. Can't do that with 5G. They got to be in much more cl closer proximity. So what you're going to see now, especially now, is you're going to see a lot of service trucks, a lot of construction workers putting these towers up on buildings and trees and telephone poles. And anywhere you can hook a, 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 a the signal to, they're going to be doing that. But it's going to happen because when it's all laid out, you will have to pay for it, and you'll be paying more money for it. They're not going to invest in this kind of infrastructure to give you a high delivery of service free of charge. 
So at some point, you're all going to have a higher TV bill and you're going to have a higher data plan bill for your cell phone or mobile device. It will come at a cost, but it's going to have a lot of advances for us in terms of banking services, financial services, healthcare services, communications for online shopping, news and information. All these things now are going to be much faster, much quicker, and much more dynamic. And let's talk about now one of the major things that the 5G will improve, and that's the use of wearables. Oh. Because oh, yeah. a 5G signal, since it sends the information back to you, back to your phone, quicker, it'll make the wearables more effective and more useful. And they're doing a lot of things with wearables now, and a lot of the technology with wearables is directed toward your health and fitness. And one of the major things that is happening right now and will be probably coming out in the next year or two, they will be able to measure using a smartwatch your sugar for people that may have diabetes or are pre-diabetic. You'll no longer have to prick yourself and <laughs> attack yourself with a pin and get blood to determine what your level is. They will be able to do that through your smartwatch. And that will be monumental for a lot of people if you can wear a smartwatch and be able to get the measurements of your glucose so that you will know what you can eat later or what you shouldn't eat or whatever. So that is a major advance with the smartwatches and that will work now because of 5G, because of the speed. Mm -hmm. So the other things, of course, with the smartwatches and, and other fitness devices, you get your count your steps, et cetera, et cetera. But the health benefits can be monumental. The smartwatches are being changed now so that they will take your blood pressure. So if someone that has higher blood pressure, you can monitor your blood pressure. And most importantly, these devices through your phone and over the 5G signal will be able to send this information to your healthcare provider. So your doctor could see on an ongoing basis what your blood pressure is or what your your uh if you have diabetes what your levels are so these are very important and i think that we should all be happy to get to use these devices at least for the health benefits and i'm going to have what's called full disclosure bruce will tell you i have not adopted using wearables and bruce has been on the front line between us of wearing smart watches and rings and all that stuff for all those monitoring activities. Uh, but I'm going to tell you now, I'm changing my mind. And the reason being because I get older, the most important thing about health, especially when you live by yourself, is that you need to have something or someone looking over you to make some assessment as to what your state of health is at that point. And the best way for that to happen if you live by yourself is using these kinds of devices. They can and have saved a lot of people's lives in the past few years. There are a multitude of circumstances where Apple have saved, have saved people's lives 
because of what they're able to do because some people fall off a cliff or fell down, head injury, what have you. And not only would they send a signal out that a person was in distress, but also where they were even located. Right. Which is extraordinarily helpful, especially for first responders. But like I said, I have not adopted using wearables, but I'm, I have changed my mind. Uh, Bruce has even given me some of his old technology that I have <laughs> not used. But you know what? When I've seen the stories about how people's lives have been saved by this, and I'm getting older by the day like everybody else, I'm going to be a convert. I'm going to tell you right here, right now, I'm signing up for wearables because it can be a life-saving tool. And come on, we're baby boomers. Yeah. So we've had to deal with this rapid change in technology for for a long time. I mean, most of our lives, we saw things changing very quickly. So just, this is nothing new. Yeah, but I don't like wearing watches. That's why... (laughs) It was a watch in well, my phone. You can wear a watching. ring instead of a watch. I don't watch want to wear anything. And get the same type of information sent to your care, healthcare for right. But my life is at stake. <laughs> Things are different. Yes, I have to make a change. So, and I think we should all start thinking in those terms, especially like Mike said, people that if you live alone, you're taking care of yourself. It's always best to be able to have someone else monitor you. So, the smart watches and other devices can tell whether you fell. Like we talked about it, that in another episode, right? Mm-hmm. And they can send information. You can have a list of people that are your emergency contacts, and they're yeah. stored in your phone. Well, your watch can access that information right. and in make a phone call right. to that emergency mm-hmm. contact, even if you're unconscious. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing that you want, so that. You enhance your ability to live alone and handle your own business, which most of us want to be able to do as we get older. And the reality of this is that a lot of this won't be negotiable. Depending upon who your health care provider is, it's like sign up, put it on, or we're going to drop you from our plan because we require that you wear these devices to stay enrolled in your health care plan. Right. A lot of the insurance companies are headed that way. Oh, yeah. They're if there. you have high blood pressure, uh-huh. we want you to wear this watch so that your blood pressure counts can be sent to your health care provider more rapidly so that that's some coverage we won't have to worry about. <laughs> yeah. And so, if, you, if you worry about Big Brother watching you, well, guess what? Right. He's watching, watching you. you. <laughs> Get over it. Right. Every time you log on anything that's digitally, digital, they're watching you, so get over it. At least it's for our life-saving purposes. Right. It. They're going to be watching you, so you might as well use the technology to enhance your life. Get with the program. The other thing that's coming along is the telehealth. Well, we alluded to that when we were talking about wearables. Mm-hmm. But right now, it just was announced that the Amazon Echo devices, like your... Uh, your uh, Alexa show or whatever are allowing you to contact Teladoc, which is a telehealth system over the Alexa device. So you could say to your Alexa device, I want to talk to a doctor Mm -hmm. and it will connect you to whoever your elected telehealth doctor is. And you could tell him about your Your symptoms, your symptoms. 
Now, they don't have it yet so that you can do this visually, but that's coming. Mm -hmm. Soon you will be able to talk to your doctor over your Amazon show device and see him and he can see you and you can tell him about your symptoms and he can tell you whether you need to come in, make an appointment or what have you. So again, all this is becoming available to us because of the technology and it will help enhance your life to be able to do that. If you can tell Alexa, I need to talk to a doctor and they bring up your telehealth doctor and you talk to him, he, you have symptoms and he tells you, well, you can come in tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's the kind of assistance that these devices can give us. And the reality of it is, it's all going to go that way. Just as Bruce just talked about the telehealth aspect of this and interacting with a healthcare professional via a video conference through Alexa, that's going to happen with banking services too. Yeah. A lot of you might not have noticed lately that a lot of neighborhood branch bank branches are closing. And the only thing that's readily available, well, hopefully it's available, are ATM machines. But you're going to be able to start to access, besides just online banking or bank by phone, you'll be able to go through Alexa and talk to a a financial professional, hopefully attached to your bank, and discuss what your needs are. It could be changing the nature of your investment strategy or getting a request for a cashier's check that you go the next day to pick up. But all these services are going to be delivered because we got this extraordinary infrastructure in place that makes everything fast. These devices that have advanced over the years uh, that are going to be providing services. And that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, We're not quite there like the Jetsons, but buckle up. This next decade is going to be a fast ride to the moon. So we implore you to start to understand that you need to read articles and newspapers and magazines, do some research on your own through Google and other search engines, but you've got to start to get acclimated to the changes in your life. This is not a five or 10 year proposition. This is happening as we're speaking. Mm-hmm. You have to engage, you have to make the adjustment, you have to adapt because when it's all said and done, it's about connectivity. And that's why we use the name Tech Connect because it is trying to connect you with all of the resources and changes in technology that's going to impact your life through whether it be work, retirement, leisure, travel, entertainment, research, audio books, you name it. All these technologies are going to impact all these things in a very demanding way very soon. And on that note, we'll end this episode And we'll see you again uh, later on in this month. And again, I'm Bruce. And I'm Mike. And Tech Connect is signing off. Okay, folks. Another piece of information that we failed to tell you earlier is our contact information. You can reach Tech Connect. That's T-E-C-H-C-O-N-E-C-T. Tech Connect. And you can reach us by phone at 484 918-0158. Once again, that's 484-918-0158 or by email. And the email address is techconnect720 at gmail.com. 
That's T-E-C-H-C-O-N-E-C-T 720 at gmail.com. So we invite you to get in contact with us and uh, so we can assist you with what your needs are. And thank you.